mornings. I'm Chris Oaks. And coming up today, Ohio's latest two-year operating budget has cleared the House. Representative John Cross discusses some of the key points in the bill that now awaits action in the state Senate. Also this morning, as summer vacation season approaches, a new bank rate survey finds consumers' travel plans may not be what the industry is anticipating. We'll dig into the numbers. With April in the books, the trends experts at Google break down all the people, places, and things that captured our attention over the course of the past month. And happening around town, Findlay Troop 312 is hosting a scout swap this month with a chance to buy, sell, and trade scout gear, as well as camping and hiking equipment for everyone. We'll get details. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, May 1st, 2023. Today is uh, my wife's birthday. I want to uh, start with a big salute and happy birthday wishes to uh, to my wife. Um, won't mention which one, <laughs> but it is her birthday. One of them. Um, so we'll probably go out to eat a little bit later on. I thought this was kind of interesting uh, because, you know, my wife and I go out to eat for her birthday and celebrate. Uh, Open Table, uh, you know, the uh, restaurant app, uh, recently released its reservation data for 2023 the state of the industry dashboard and it suggests i thought this was very interesting suggests that americans are eating later at night than what they used to also that we are going out to eat for lunch more often and starting weekends earlier they use data from 55,000 restaurants and 10,000 surveys to research diner trends, Monday dining at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. went up by 9%. Wednesday, 9 p.m. reservations are up 23% this year. Do you eat that late? And 9 p.m., of course, you know, I get up very early in the morning to be here to do this show for you. So I in bed a little earlier than most, but that still surprised me uh, that we're eating 8 p.m., 9 p.m. Uh, it says, despite inflation, 66% of Americans dine out at least once a week, and 33% say they eat out more than they did six months ago, which I, I'm not necessarily surprised that the trend line is for eating out more often, because if you go back the last couple of years, Dining out has been sort of hit and miss with the pandemic and and all of that. So I'm not surprised necessarily that the trend line is getting higher, is going up. But uh, that late, that is really interesting. Um, go out, you have, uh, have a couple of drinks, right? Have you been paying attention to this, um, to this controversy surrounding Bud Light? I mean, it's, it's been hard to miss. There's been this big pushback against Bud Light. I won't get into all of that, but I did think this was kind of interesting. Uh, registered dietitian by the name of Chris Moore uh, has a uh, a thing out now. I just I don't know if it's a blog post or a, a press uh, statement or it was being interviewed for uh, some piece or whatever. Uh, but he's a registered dietitian. He says that alcohol, one of the main components of beer, obviously is a toxic substance that can lead to a variety of health problems. Now, while alcohol is ingrained an ingrained part of social culture, excessive consumption can lead to high blood pressure, cancer, a weakened immune system, cognitive dysfunction, mental health problems, and that, of course, doesn't even begin to touch on alcohol dependency and all of that that goes along with too much uh, consumption. According to USA Today, which is where this piece was published uh, the healthiest beer option that's the long and short of it here the healthiest beer option is one that has the lowest abv or alcohol by volume and it is the overall alcohol content that matters regardless of the source a standard drink of regular beer contains five percent alcohol but many have a much higher abv so the lower, the better is the uh, long and short of it. If you are the next time you're uh, going out to have a drink. 
Just thought that was uh, kind of interesting. Um, what else? Some of the other uh, most interesting and uh, buzzworthy stories of the day. I mentioned my wife and I are going to probably go out to eat, uh, maybe have a couple of drinks uh, this evening to celebrate her birthday. If you are looking for that someone special, if you still are unattached, looking for that someone special, um, <laughs> There is a new app that will determine your hotness, your attractiveness to the opposite sex based on a single photo. The Hot Chat 3000 will determine your hotness and only let you talk to people of equal attractiveness. So, I mean, if your problem has been in in finding a mate, has been trying to punch above your weight class, as it were, looking to date out of your league, this is the solution. (laughs) We'll determine your hotness based on your photo and only let you talk to people of equal attractiveness. (laughs) Um, Attractiveness ratings are predicted by a learning model trained by OpenAI. Gender is not taken into account, only hotness. So you can be matched with any gender. Um, I would assume that they would let you indicate your preference, right? But uh, anyway, one participant claims putting on sunglasses boosts your rating to at least an 8 out of 10. But uh, there's been no uh, scientific research uh, on that. However, if you have been struggling to find someone, find that special someone... Maybe you've been, you know, dating, trying to date out of your league. This could be your, your solution. So I just pointed out uh, for your benefit. Uh, a couple of other uh, items here among the first things you need to know to get your Monday morning started. Um, <laughs> we mentioned that uh, the Monday gremlins have already been uh, at work for us. So we're getting ready to uh, put the show together. Uh, ran into a few roadblocks, and I had to keep reminding myself, hey, it's a Monday. Let's just take a deep breath. You know, everything will be okay. But if you have one of the, have you ever had a Monday like that where where things just go wrong? Um, And I would say it's through no fault of my own that things went kind of haywire as we're getting ready to to go on there, but that would be a lie. It was, (laughs) it's all my fault. Um, But, uh, if you ever have one of those days and you feel like you just want to get away from it all, a piece of Scotland, you could own your own island off the Scottish coast for less than 200 k How about this? It says, if you've ever dreamed of owning your own island, a piece of Scotland is for sale for $188,000. That's it. It is an isolated and uninhabited island 25 acres, six miles from the closest town. Now, doesn't that sound like a great way to escape and get away and clear your head? You know, have your own private island six miles away from the nearest town. Now, there are some, there is a catch here. Several, in fact. Number one, the island does not include a home. Um, so you would have to build a home. Uh, and while the island cannot be connected to the energy grid, you could install, like, solar panels or put up a windmill, right? So there would be that. But it cannot be connected to the energy grid. The island can be reached on foot during low tide, but a boat is required when the water rises. Um, The Pebble Beach is a delight and the perfect base to explore the island, partake in some cold water swimming, or to anchor a boat and enjoy a waterside picnic according to the uh, the listing site. Uh, Aaron Edhar is the uh, realtor, I believe. So that's the person to contact there in Scotland. Your own island for 100 no No home, and it can't be connected to the electric grid. But, you know, hey, you want to you know, spend some time living off the grid, this may be just for you. And less than $200,000, that's pretty reasonable. It's actually pretty reasonable. And uh, how about this? I saw this on the uh, on the newswire. I thought it was very interesting. 
because what is what is it that we like to start the day with the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day because we don't want you to miss out on any of those important stories but um that may not necessarily be all it's cracked up to be while most people do have a fear of missing out fomo a psychologist and assistant professor at durham university says what most people are missing out on is the benefit of being by themselves. Again, we're talking about buying your own island here. This would be good to you. In an article published on the nonprofit news site The Conversation, Toivi Gwynn says solitude is often mistaken for loneliness. And uh, he extols the virtue of spending time by yourself. Many people can and do find solitude in public spaces. You don't have to you know, buy a deserted island off the coast of Scotland to get away and find solitude. You can do that in any public place. Uh, it could be even sitting with a cup of tea in a busy cafe or reading a book in a park. Just getting lost in your own thoughts. He says, my research suggests that taking some time for yourself could have a positive impact on your daily mood. Uh, he says, taking some time away from people... Even people, not just face-to-face, but on your digital devices, just take a break from interacting with other people. And uh, that has been found to drop stress levels. And if you think, oh, you would get that fear of missing out, no, you uh, the fear of missing out actually goes down. Um, now, I thought that was kind of interesting, but it goes against, doesn't it go against what we learned during the pandemic when we were all isolated and anxiety And stress went up, not down. And now here we are claiming, once again, that being isolated and alone would be a good thing. But I I guess the point here being that uh, you get it in a proportionate level rather than like during the pandemic when we were isolated and alone 24 hours a day, days and weeks at a time. This is a little different, I think, than... Uh, than that but anyway make of that what you will um and if you do have that desire to isolate yourself there's always that island in scotland there you go some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your monday morning started wfin news i'm matt demchek your wtol 11 weather rainy and windy today with a high only in the mid 40s rainy and windy tonight a low around 40 the Finley Police Department is seeking help from the public in identifying the suspect in a store theft and their vehicle. The theft happened at Dick's Sporting Goods at 1960 Tiffin Avenue on Thursday afternoon. Police say the suspect got into a dark gray or black Hyundai Elantra and fled the area. Police say the suspect vehicle was last seen going northbound on I-475 from the 75 split. The stolen merchandise was recovered after the suspects threw it from the vehicle. See a picture of the suspect and the vehicle with this story on the website. A dedication ceremony was held to rename a stretch of Interstate 75 in Bluffton as the Officer Dominic Francis Memorial Highway. Police Chief Ryan Burkholder said Dominic will never be forgotten, and he impacted so many people, especially youth. I mean, with his involvement with the school, whether it's sports or teaching or bus driving, he impacted them, and, and that's what it's a, a good role model as a law enforcement officer in society these days. Officer Francis was hit and killed on I-75 on March 31st of last year when he was placing stop sticks on the highway to stop a car that was fleeing from police. Get more on the dedication ceremony and see the new signs on our website. The City of Defiance is celebrating its 200th birthday. Mayor Mike McCann says the future of the city looks bright, with economic growth following the completion of the fort-to-port expansion of US-24. And they have plenty to offer anyone who is looking for a great place to live. We've got great schools, we've got great fire department, great police department. It's just all here in a very, very small package of just a little over 17,000 people. WTOL 11's John Monk reporting. Two Hancock County students have again been chosen for the Ohio State Fair Junior Fair Board. Erica Patterson and Zach Romero will be on the Junior Fair Board for a second year. Erica from Finley is an at-large member, and Zach from Macomb is representing 4-H. Both were selected for the Junior Fair Board in 2022 as well. The 2023 Ohio State Fair Junior Fair Board is made up of 20 young Ohioans from 12 Ohio counties. Remember, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. 
To our cover story this morning, last week, the Ohio House passed their version of the state's new two-year operating budget as the bill now awaits action in the state Senate. Representative John Cross, who is a member of the House Finance Committee that drafted the bill, joins us to discuss some of the highlights. And uh, Ms. Cross, as we were mentioning uh, right before we went on the air, uh, not a whole lot of uh, uh, controversy or uh, back and forth uh, that we have seen you know, at times uh, in the past. So I know that's always uh, encouraging. It's nice to uh, get that uh, passed without a whole lot of controversy. I guess the first thing that we should highlight is the part that will impact most average Ohioans, and that is the income tax cut for individuals making less than $92,000 a year. Good news, but not quite the -the across-the-board flat tax that many members had initially wanted. Is that still the goal, ultimately, or is that uh, a bridge too far? Uh, Good morning, Chris. Thank you very much. Yeah, you know, it's a great budget. We're very happy with it. Uh, It's balanced, most importantly. Uh, We are cutting taxes. And it, it is the goal of the Ohio House, and I generally think uh, the Ohio General Assembly, Ohio General Assembly in general, wants to eventually get rid of income tax. So, to do that, it would if we got rid of income tax today, it would it would create an eleven billion dollar yeah. hole in, in the budget. That's tough to take at one chunk. So, oh, since my time in the legislature, we have continued to roll back tax bracket after tax bracket. I think there used to be, I don't know, eight or nine tax brackets. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's now, it was last General Assembly, we got it down to four, and now we've done a flat tax. It's a 2.75% flat tax for all Highlands. If you make zero to $26,000 a year, you're going to pay zero income taxes. Right. And for the, those, uh, most, uh, most of the folks, you know, that, all a 3.9% tax bracket at the highest rate will reduce it down to 2.75. So we are it's it's a really good deal. Uh, at the end of the day, Chris, you're you know, you, you make money, everyone makes money. We're trying to just keep a little bit more of your hard earned dollars in your pocket. Now, uh, as you mentioned, Ohio is required constitutionally to have a balanced budget. The chair of the finance committee told the Cleveland Plain Dealer last week that the proposed tax cut in the budget would be paid for through decreased general revenue spending. So what got cut? Well, what we did is the governor introduced his version of the budget, and we dialed some things back a little bit across the board. You know, some people say cut, but you have to really look at the big picture. Uh, in some cases that we actually didn't make cuts, we might have had some money that was in the budget that was a little bit more than last budget, but we certainly dial back maybe what the governor proposed in his spending. So, you know, that's how you look across the board, and there's uh, general revenue f- money, there's carry o- carryover money from the last budget, which was a uh, pretty hefty chunk of money. They still have a little bit of ARPA funds left. So we were in a good cash position to make some good investments across the state and obviously keep our ba- uh, keep a balanced budget. You talk about uh, scaling back some of what the uh, governor had proposed. Uh, the uh, big I- one of the the other big items, uh, so big in fact that the press release issued by your office led with this over the income tax cut was a five hundred million dollar appro- appropriation to the All Ohio Future Fund aimed at promoting economic development in the state. That falls far short of the $2.4 billion that the governor had requested in his uh, proposed budget. Yeah, I, I, was, I was actually the, the, lead, the lead person to draft this legislation and come up with this. So we, we appreciate the governor uh, wanting to put you know a big, substantial amount of money in there. Reason how we came up with $500 million is that that was really the number that we thought would be appropriate to cover some of the sites around Ohio that needed infrastructure, if you got the next Intel-sized plant to come into Ohio. Mm-hmm. But we also we also drafted it, too, to make sure that, you know, in Finley, Ohio, if you were to get, you know, another 100,000 or 200,000 square foot user and you're short a couple million dollars at that site for electrical or gas use, that that, that local economic development project would be able to uh, to chase those dollars to help build infrastructure. So 
It, it is a start, and so we certainly could build the pot over time, but we thought there were other ways to use those dollars. Uh, we do some downtown development, township development grants. We're doing another $160 million for water, wastewater. This budget, in addition to school funding, we're covering infrastructure, and it's really about helping to rebuild Ohio. Uh, you know, and so it's it's uh, in addition to roads and bridges in the transportation budget, we're looking at infrastructure, uh, things we're doing in our downtowns. So there's a lot of good economic development efforts in this budget that will help communities, big and small, and help economic development projects, big and small. Uh, across Ohio. I want to uh, look a little bit closer at this All Ohio Future Fund uh, proposal, whether it is the $500 million that is in your budget bill, the $2.4 billion that the governor requested. What, Regardless of the number, the, the proposal itself has actually generated some criticism, including pushback for what some say is a lack of specifics on how that money could be used and no standards for the size of the investment or the number of jobs that recipients of those funds uh, must deliver. Should there be some guardrails in terms of you're going to get that money, then you should uh, you should be required to create a, a certain number of jobs or, or make a, mm-hmm. a set investment. Yeah, it's 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 basically we have it in three different tiers. So we've developed the the, the uh, when the governor rolled out his proposal, there was very little language around it. So we yeah. developed it to make sure that we could have. Uh, different tiers of size of projects. There are 14 potentially mega projects the size of Intel looking at Ohio. Can we take on all 14 projects? I don't know. I, it would be challenging. But I think we could land another uh, one or two of those size projects in the state of Ohio. But, Chris, where I think the bread and butter for us is the strategic supplier sites, those tier one, two, and three suppliers and local economic development projects. You're absolutely right. Should this money be used for infrastructure to build a site and get a site ready for a bunch of distribution centers? No, probably not. But is it designed for the the economic jobs creation that's going to happen around manufacturing and other things like that? Uh, Absolutely. And so this is just a small part of the economic puzzle. Uh, There's a lot of other grants and incentives that are tied around uh, jobs and how many jobs are created. This is really to make sure that the site is ready for building. So you've got water, wastewater, utilities, uh, uh, gas. It's really making sure that a company does not pass on a site because it's not ready to go. And so the good news is that means we have a fish on the hook. That means they've got the jobs they want to create. They've done all the economic deals behind the scenes. This is really gap funding to make sure that they can physically build at this site and it is truly build ready. Speaking of economic development, the budget also includes $5 million for the Center for Advanced Manufacturing and Logistics. That's the uh, collaboration between Bowling Green State University, the University of Finley, and Owens Community College. So there's some funding for that uh, project. Yeah, I'm always happy to try to bring back our tax dollars to the 83rd District. I really helped champion this. This is a a fabulous opportunity for three institutions, a community college, a private independent college, University of Finley, and a public college, Bowling Green State University, to collaborate to really build an education platform that's going to help students graduate with degrees that can take jobs in the manufacturing space up and down the 75 corridor. And that's really where we're seeing the growth happen. Uh, so we have a long way to go to get this this physical facility built in addition to the education, education program put together. Uh, this is just the first start of it. Uh, you'll see more talks about this during the capital budget where these three education institutions are going to invest yeah. a bunch of their own money to help facilitate this. But this is a way for the state to uh, help collaborate and, and what we think is really, is really an important education center. Yeah, and uh, also on the subject of uh, education, uh, real quickly, uh, there was language inserted in the bill that would raise minimum salaries for teachers while further expanding school voucher eligibility. Did those provisions make it into the final bill? So we sent it over to the Senate. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm, I was in the room when we made some of these decisions, and I do believe that the minimum teacher uh, 
range stayed in at to 40,000. We'll see where that eventually lands. But at the end of the day, if we're going to, if, if there's a teacher shortage and we need to recruit teachers, we need to be paying teachers and, and good teachers to do a great job in our schools. Yeah. And in addition, yes, we also did some vouchers uh, for some school choice stuff. But again, in the 83rd district, we have fantastic public schools. We got, uh, it's a great place to put our kids in school. Any one of our villages, you know, from Corey Rawson to Arlington uh, to Macomb, a- anywhere in the 83rd district, we've got great public schools. We've got to make sure we can continue to recruit the best teachers we can. And uh, as we mentioned, this bill now goes to the uh, Senate, uh, awaiting action there. Uh, obviously, ultimately, the uh, signature from the governor. Are you confident that, that there will be minimal uh, changes, if any, uh, in the uh, Senate version uh, of the bill? Do you anticipate that reconciliation between those bills to be uh, an, an arduous process? Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I really don't think this is too controversial. I think we just need to figure out where we can land with a good income tax. Let's make sure we're fully funding our schools. Let's Let's take care of our villages and communities. Uh, through safety and all the things that we fund in this budget. I, I think when it comes down to it, we are going to be negotiating between the House and the Senate on, on minor technical things. That's my hope. And and we have to have this budget completed by June 30th. So for all the listeners out there, this is just the second phase when it goes through the House. Yeah. The third phase goes through the Senate. And the final phase is when we come together uh, to, to deliberate between House and Senate versions to come up with a final budget. I'm confident we'll have a balanced budget on time and uh, the uh, constituents will be happy with how we're making investments, strategic investments, to keep Ohio safer, stronger, and open for business. We will leave it there, but we will continue to watch this process as it plays itself out. Representative John Cross, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Uh, Thanks, Chris. So here we are headed into the big summer vacation season uh, right around the corner, but a new bank rate survey finds that there may be some turbulence for the travel and tourism industry in 2023. Senior industry analyst Ted Rossman joins us once again this morning to break down these numbers. And Ted, you find a pretty good jump in the number of people who say that they can't afford to travel this year compared to last year's numbers. People have said the same thing. That's true. Unfortunately, Inflation is really taking a toll. So among people who are not taking a summer vacation this year, which is 37% of U.S. adults, among them, 58% said that they can't afford it. That's up from 48% last year. Yeah. People specifically pointed to inflation as the number one culprit here. And see, what I'm wondering is, and I know this is just speculation, how many of these folks are actual are, are actually more strapped financially than they were last year versus the number who have just shifted their priorities from where they were last year? Because last year was a pretty strong vacation season. We still had inflation. We still had people who were you know very tight financially. So I'm wondering if maybe they've uh, sort of reprioritized prioritized more than anything. It probably depends on the household. I could say, generally speaking, though, Americans seem to be prioritizing travel above other expenses. Like we've seen a drop off recently in sales of physical goods, but people do still seem very willing to spend overall on travel and dining and Mm -hmm. other experiences like concerts and sporting events. I think it shows that there is still room to run here with this pent-up demand theme. As you mentioned, last year was huge for summer travel. This year is supposed to be even bigger, but it gets back to that K-shaped economy idea where some people are faring much better than others, and especially at lower income levels and increasingly at middle income levels, I think people are saying maybe travel's not in the budget this year, or Maybe they can swing it if they make some modifications. That was another well, big theme. Yeah, and and because there will always be those who can't afford to take a big trip, even though that number will obviously fluctuate from one year to the next based on a number of factors. But what is also very interesting is the fact that those who do say that they will be traveling the vast majority of them are making changes in their plans, again, for financial reasons. are making changes because of inflation. Yeah, that's a pretty staggering number. 
people are doing a lot of different things, but some of the ones that bubbled to the top of the list would be picking cheaper accommodations, cheaper destinations, cheaper activities. So all that tracks back to this idea of I want to do something, but maybe I'll pull back on what that something is. We also found about a quarter traveling for fewer days, about a quarter taking fewer trips, although those people are all still doing something. Mm -hmm. Uh, Similar number are driving rather than flying. So a lot of different money-saving strategies. And as this relates to the industry itself, may actually provide an opportunity on another level for local and regional attractions to maybe draw people in because they're more affordable, tend to be more affordable, uh, more accessible on a budget, that kind of thing. I think that's a key point. We found that last year only three in 10 workers used all of their allotted vacation time. And in fact, a third used no more than half of it. So that's a real missed opportunity. Even if it's just a staycation or some kind of series of day trips or regional kind of activities, do something. I mean, don't let the time go to waste enjoy some time to relax and refresh and be with family and friends with the added benefit of maybe supporting uh again more local uh touristy kind of uh hospitality related uh, industries yeah it could come full circle there yeah, yeah i like all that you know i think also people can be flexible about where they go maybe let the deal dictate the destination Mm -hmm. rather than getting your heart set on a specific place yeah maybe you also use some credit card points or frequent flyer miles or hotel points or gift cards we find like a lot of people have these unused stores of value just sitting around basically well and that was the other thing that i thought was interesting about this survey was that relatively few travelers said that they were going to use rewards points and credit card perks and things like that to cut costs which actually uh really kind of runs a little counter to some of the previous surveys that we've talked about where people say that the rewards are one of the reasons people choose the cards they carry I know it is a bit ironic. You've got to use them though. And these programs tend to lose value over time. They lose value to inflation and program changes. There's no better time to use these points and miles than the present because prices are high and you might as well cash in while you can. A lot of people forget about these programs. They think they're confusing. I would really urge people to do a little homework and poke around Are you sitting on unused value in terms of credit card rewards, airline and hotel rewards, gift cards? Uh, That stuff can really add up. And you actually have on your website an entire toolkit to help people maximize those perks. We do. Yeah, we have that at bankrate.com. There's a lot of good information in there. I think a key theme is that people want to travel this year. People crave experiences and the social aspects of travel. We're hearing a lot of people going abroad this year. The dollar is strong. COVID restrictions, thankfully, are pretty much in the rearview mirror. Um, But that comes with some challenges, too, in terms of higher costs. We're expecting a lot of crowds at the airports. Right. So we have some tips on how to navigate all this. Well, and and with respect to that, uh, you know, the other thing that this got me to thinking about when you zoom out on the economic implications here, and again, I know this kind of goes beyond the scope of this particular survey, but when you look at these numbers, if at the end of the summer travel season, if we do see, I mean, again, it's expected to be very strong, but maybe people aren't going to those big resort destinations. They're not taking those huge uh, vacations. And if those numbers are, uh, are down slightly, I wonder how much of that we can attribute to the aggressiveness of the industry and in moving prices back to pre-pandemic levels. And again, inflation is what it is. But uh, on the other hand, based on the strong surge they saw last year, I know a lot of uh, resorts and so on were pretty aggressive in their pricing. Not a whole lot of bargains uh, to be found And the numbers suggest that people are still very price conscious right now. They are. It's going to be interesting to watch this because there is still a bit of a mismatch between supply and demand. Mm -hmm. Demand is still high, generally speaking. Supply is still a bit constrained. Airlines and hotels, they're still struggling with Mm -hmm. some staffing shortages and equipment shortages, like in the case of airlines and rental cars. It'll be interesting to watch, too, in the context of recession worries and higher interest rates. Right. Right now, I think the robust travel demand is 
kind of contradicting a lot of these worries, but I think it's showing that people are willing to cut back on other things. They're really prioritizing travel right now, but at some point that pent up demand may run out. So and, it'll be interesting to watch. And, uh, and what kind of travel, uh, are they, uh, willing to sacrifice and, and maybe go a little, uh, less to still travel, but maybe not go all out on it. Yeah. Really a lot of, uh, interesting dynamics here. Again, uh, bank rate senior industry analyst, Ted Rossman with us once again, Ted, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Well, as another month comes to an end, it's hard to believe that we're a third of the way through the year 2023 and heading into May already. But uh, Lou Muhammadi is with us, Google technology expert, to kind of recap all of the things that captured our attention uh, during the uh, month of April and some really interesting stuff here. Now, of course, you think back of all of the, the things that were big in April. Um, Easter obviously uh, jumps to jumps to mind and uh, tax day. Uh, let me see here. You've got the, the Masters Tournament, obviously, which are, you've got uh, trends data breaking down uh, all of the uh, info on all of that and more here. What, what were some of the highlights that kind of stood out for you? Yeah, absolutely. So as you correctly mentioned, Easter, Passover, Eid are always going to be really popular in April. So it's great to see people getting involved with those cultural moments. Mm -hmm. um, kind of in those categories, we see a lot of searches related to food. So that's really exciting. Um, it's always good to find a new recipe. Um, and yeah, there's also kind of not as cultural, but some might call it a holiday and tax day. We have a <laughs> lot of people looking up uh what happens if you file taxes late on the deadline? So there are a few procrastinators, not to tell on them, but but we do have that here. I'll admit, um, I was I was one of those. So I'll uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll fess up to that. I thought it was kind of interesting. The the number one most searched, what happens if was what happens yeah. if you don't file taxes? And that's yeah. easy. The answer is nothing good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It, it's always funny to see those kind of more subjective searches for sure. Um, and then, yeah, we had some great stuff in entertainment too. The Barbie movie was huge. The music festivals were huge. I'm a California native, so I feel like I have to mention Coachella or else I'm, you know, betraying the state. Yeah. So Coachella was a really big one. Um, and then the Golf Masters were, was really big in sports as you, well. You mentioned the the Barbie movie. I thought that was really interesting that that was of uh, all of the movies and entertainment. That was, you know, number one, the the one that captured everybody's attention this month. Yeah, absolutely. It was so interesting. I think um, a huge piece of that was that it's directed by Greta Gerwig. A lot of people really love her work. Yeah. But something super interesting about the Barbie movie trending is not only did that specific movie trend, but the toys for Barbie trended, other animated Barbie movies trended, the color pink trended. So we kind of saw a lift in anything Barbie or Barbie related as a whole. Now, we mentioned the the Masters and obviously, you know, any major event in any sport is going to draw a lot of attention. And it was obviously uh, all of the PGA golfers and the live golfers coming together for the first time in uh, a long time so uh, a lot of I thought uh, it was interesting people wanting to know more about the the payouts and how the field is set and and all of that yeah absolutely so it sounds like we might have a few people looking to get into golf as a profession um, because we did get a lot of search terms on you know what's the payout how does it compensate as well as how to play golf um, so some of the top five searches we got were different various golf lingo, uh, some a little bit basic, like par, things that people might know. But I learned a few things such as E, did not know what E stood for. So that was kind of cool so that yeah. I could learn alongside with the trip. Um, Earth Day uh, yes. was in April. And um, what were some of the top searches related to Earth Day? Yeah, so something really interesting about Earth Day that might not happen every year is we kind of had some standardized searching across the nation. So Yellowstone was the biggest search national park for Earth Day, as well as a few other national parks, um, which is great. It's nice to see people going outside and taking advantage of the nature we have here in the States. Uh, how were how did that kind of manifest itself in, in other uh, searches like uh, for EVs, um, recycling? You know, all of those types of things that can kind of re relate to uh, the environmental movement. 
Yeah, absolutely. So Earth Day really is uh, a celebration of the environment as well as a way to raise awareness for um, sustainability. Something kind of interesting about Ohio is um, the highest search uh, kind of related to recycling was can I recycle tires? Hmm. So maybe some people are upgrading their car, maybe because of tax return season, um, but it looks like there's there's some searches and some interest there. For yeah, sure. uh, tying all of that together. Now you have <laughs> all of this data and more uh, broken down uh, so that people can kind of dig into it a little bit and find out more about you know, what people were searching for, what captured our attention in the month of April on the uh, Google Trends website, right? Yes. So trends.google.com, it actually updates in real time. So something like Coachella, um, I'm sure you heard Frank Ocean, the main headliner dropped out. We were actually able to see the graph switch and the search interest in real time. Hmm. Um, so I would definitely recommend doing that. It's, it's pretty fun to do. We've got a link up on our webpage too. You want to check that out again. Luma Hamadi and uh, Google technology expert with us uh, this morning, talking about the uh, trends for the month of April. And uh, Laman, thanks very much for uh, dropping by. We appreciate it. Have a great day. This is Good Mornings with Chris Oaks on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. A woman in Sydney, Australia uh, has just a bizarre thing. Uh, The the other day, uh, she found at her uh, doorstop, uh, you're right there, right there on her on her doorstep, um, dozens of bottles of Gatorade, Powerade, Coca-Cola, and Fanta. Didn't even know Fanta was still around, but I guess it is Australia. Anyway, uh, all of these drinks left on her door, uh, doorstep without any explanation, courtesy of DoorDash. Laura <laughs> Laura Rafferty says bottles began arriving at her house on April 22nd, and the deliveries spanned several days. She now has 150 bottles of beverages. <laughs> she has no idea why. She did not order them. Uh, apparently, there was a, a phone number attached to the order. Um, so they tried to call the phone number, and that number has been disconnected. But it's all been legitimately ordered and paid for. Ms. Rafferty says it's just a bizarre thing. I'm still trying to figure it all out. She donated some of the drinks to the uh, local uh, North Bondi Surf Lifesaving Club. So, (laughs) donated some of them to charity. But uh, 150 bottles of beverages just showing up randomly, courtesy of DoorDash. (laughs) I don't wonder what in the world is going on here. Uh, That is bizarre. Um... Elsewhere in the broken news, the odd and unusual side of the headlines. Now, this is a Florida nursing assistant has been arrested after allegedly using the identity of a patient at the nursing home where she worked to open a credit card to pay for a Brazilian butt lift and arm liposuction. Suspicion arose when the Alzheimer's patient and her husband received a credit card bill of over $7,000 earlier in the month of uh, April. An investigation revealed that Tiffany Acuna used the card at Miami's Moon Plastic Surgery. She initially denied applying for a credit card in the victim's name and denied receiving cosmetic surgery. But she later contacted the victim's husband, requesting a meeting to set up a repayment plan. When she arrived at the patient's house with $1,500 in cash, she was detained by police. She claims the patient gave her permission to open the credit card. <laughs> if, if you're a nurse in a, in a nursing home and an Alzheimer's patient, I think you would know better. Uh, uh, in other broken news from the international file, an Australian tourist is facing charges and maybe even a public flogging after allegedly going on a drunken nude rampage. Uh, Bodie Risby-Jones of uh, Australia was arrested in Sumatra in Indonesia after reportedly running nude through a village and chasing locals. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Risby-Jones said, uh, "I, I felt not myself. Like I was almost possessed. 
No, you were just drunk. Uh, punishment for such things in that part of the world can include uh, public floggings for drinking and up to five years in prison. Five years in prison and 40 lashes is uh, the <laughs> maximum sentence. Well, you do go on vacation to have new experiences, right? I mean, that's why you go on vacation, to do <laughs> to experience things that you wouldn't get to experience at home. So there is that. Uh, also, from the inter- international file, the broken news, a Dutch court on Friday <laughs> banned a sperm donor from making any further donations after it was revealed that he had fathered at least 550 children. The man, known only as Jonathan M., under Dutch privacy rules, lied to parents about his uh, many offspring in order to persuade the parents to take him as a donor. Uh, Dutch guidelines stipulate that uh, such donors are only allowed to father a maximum of 25 children. Uh, But the uh, man had breezed past that limit with many more donations to clinics in the Netherlands and Denmark, as well as to others he met online through advertisements and uh, fertility forums. All of these parents are now confronted with the fact that the children in their family are part of a huge kinship network with hundreds of half-siblings which they did not choose. The man will now face $110,000, a $110,000 fine every time he breaks his ban in the future. So just stop. Just stop. Just stop. For the love of beat, just stop. Not to be outdone, back in this country, an Arkansas woman has pleaded. This is another medical story in the news. Arkansas woman has pleaded not guilty to charges related to selling selling stolen body parts. What's that you say? Yes, st- uh, selling stolen body parts. Um, according to the unsealed indictment, the former mortuary worker is accused of selling boxes of body parts from medical school corpses to a Pennsylvania man she met through a Facebook group. What Facebook group? What Facebook group is this? What, what, what Facebook group is this? The transaction was said to be for about $11,000. She faces a dozen counts, including mail fraud and wire fraud. Uh, the woman awaits a uh, court hearing scheduled for tomorrow. So. What, what kind of Facebook group is that? They, they need to shut that down right there. That's what they need to shut down. No, wait a minute. We're not done. Hang on. Just a second. We're not done yet. Got one more for you. And uh, here is the uh, story. Um, I don't know where this uh, is, but it's an, uh, an online story. This thing has gone viral, in case you haven't heard. Lily Oxford is a manager at uh, Big Lots, or she was the manager of her local Big Lots store. She is now asking for help after she says she was fired for trying to retrieve one of the store's shopping carts. You heard about this? Uh, Ms. Oxford, now a former manager of the retail store, said on her GoFundMe page, I was fired from Big Lots for following a thief outside to recover my cart and uh, 17 packages of Tide Pods. That's what she was... She went on to say that a homeless man filled the cart with a laundry detergent and walked out. I don't know what a homeless person would want with the Tide Pods. <laughs> Unless they had... Well, I guess you'd go to the laundromat, I suppose. Um, <laughs> not a lot of homeless people have washer and dryer combinations. But laundromat or something like that. Anyway, uh, she said she followed him to get my cart. After noticing the man was headed toward a car, she began recording on her phone. The getaway driver saw that she was recording, got scared, and literally made the thief give me all of the product back. She said, I thought I did a good thing by recovering the stolen stolen items, but instead I was fired uh, for violating store policy. Uh, not to uh, intervene, not to confront shoplifters uh, yourself, because it could be dangerous. I get that. I get that. But uh, now she's been fired. She is a single mom of two teenagers, she said. She started the GoFundMe to help with uh, rent while she waits for unemployment as she continues to fill out job applications for for others. That is kind of crazy when you think, I mean, I understand 
you know, you want to make sure that your employees, you know, don't get into uh, into trouble or, or anything, uh, get injured by confronting shoplifters who might be armed and all of that. But to, but it, no harm, no foul. She got the product back. She was fired anyway. Next time, just let them steal, I guess. There you go. Uh, that is today's broken news report. An update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Ever wonder what being a Findlay Rotarian is all about? I'm Alyssa Preston, director of the Hancock County Convention. I am proud to be a Findlay Rotarian because locally we make an impact by recognizing amazing educators in the Findlay and Hancock County area through the Golden Apple Award. To become part of an organization that brings together business, professional leaders to provide community service and advance goodwill, contact Findlay Rotary at findlayrotary.org and click on join. This message provided by WFIN. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. And an alarming new survey of 2,000 parents conducted by the Find My Kids uh, website. It's a child monitoring uh, app. Help parents keep an eye on their kids, a virtual eye on their kids. New survey of 2,000 parents finds that 18% say that they have had their child tell them that a stranger tried to engage with them. Talk about stranger danger. It's always been an issue, but... That's nearly one in five kids uh, have had a stranger try to engage with them on some level, either in person or more likely virtually. 31% of those parents say they contacted police about that contact. 55, or 45% informed uh, the child's school or other authority. 88% of parents say they have talked to their child about speaking to strangers. But that just underscores the importance of doing so. Uh, this I thought was kind of interesting. Um, the uh, the head of uh, Find My Kids uh, points out that while it seems like the dangers are everywhere in this online, always connected society, in reality, the technological advancements that we enjoy in, to- in 2023 actually mean that parents can better monitor the whereabouts of their child than they could generations ago. So yes, while... Uh, all of this online stuff can be a, a scary place for kids and for their parents. Leveraging those same tools can actually help keep them safe. So something to keep in mind. There. So happening around town a little bit later on this month, uh, Findlay Troop 312 is hosting a scout swap. Uh, which is a really cool idea, a uh, chance to trade up or sell off or shop for not only scout gear, but also uh, camping and hiking equipment and so on. Uh, Justin Gray is with us uh, in the studio this morning. Um, this is uh, the first time that uh, this has been done, right? I mean, as far as uh, as far as you know. Right? Yeah, yeah. So first, thank you for having me on the show this morning. Um, yeah, we are putting on this event on May 13th, and... We do think it's one of the first in the area. Yeah. Um, it's a, a swap, but also an opportunity to buy, sell, and trade camping and hiking gear. And you'd be doing all of this. Um, again, the, the selling part uh, is a bit of a fundraiser uh, for, the, uh, for the troop for some of the summer uh, activities, I understand, right? Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, the purpose of the uh, event is to allow scouts and their families in the area to swap um, uniforms, right. apparel. So, I mean, you know, the scouts grow up so fast they and they might grow out grow of things. Out of that, yeah. uh, or you might have a, a scout who's looking to get into, a, a mm-hmm. child looking to get into scouting. Um, so an opportunity to swap gear. And, and especially for a family that, I mean, these things can add up. And uh, so the opportunity to uh, maybe get in at maybe a lower price point. Yeah. 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 So. And, and certainly there's, uh, you know, an avenue for new gear too, because it mm-hmm. does wear out. But, right. you know, when you go camping, you may need camping pants, sure. different types of uniforms. Right. So uh, with, with all the scouts in the area, it is very popular in Northwest Ohio. We felt mm-hmm. you know this is a good opportunity to bring those families together. Yeah. So, uh, how will all of this work? Go uh, give us all of the sure. details on this. Sure. So, there's several ways that people can participate. So, it's open to you know scouts and their families to to do swapping. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also open to members of the community to uh, buy camping and hiking equipment because you know 
there's a lot of overlap. Yeah, it's in the, not, it's it, not just it, scouts, it, it, not who, just uh, scouts who camp and hike and do all of those yeah. outdoor things. Yeah, so, so we thought it was a great way to bring together members of the community and scouts, mm-hmm. um, which we always like doing. It's a lot of fun to put on events like that. Sure. So, um, you know, members or, or members of the community or scout families can rent a table for ten dollars, and they can bring whatever they want. That's sort of camping, hiking, scout related, mm-hmm. um, and then that will allow them to swap, sell. You know, meet other camping, hiking, hiking enthusiasts. However, you want to do that. Um, if you don't want to rent a table, people can consign items to the troop, and the troop will sell them on their behalf. They'll do the legwork. Yeah, yeah. And so we're hoping that that gives the scouts some kind of real world experience as well. Sure. Um, and it, it's a fundraising opportunity for the troops. So we're trying to raise some funds, and we thought this was a, a fun and novel way. So how do folks get involved? What, uh, what is the process then? Uh, first of all, if someone wants to actually rent a table and yeah. you know, swap their stuff that way. Sure. So um, we have a phone number, and it's on our flyer, which we've, we've been trying to put around town, but it's also mm-hmm. online. And mm-hmm. so if um, listeners of the show just do a search online for – spring scout swap finley mm-hmm. Troop 312 scout yeah. gear swap i did a few searches last night and <laughs> it was like the it's first out three yeah. so you know just if you remember finley spring scout swap mm-hmm. um we do have a troop email and a, a phone number that's really the best way to get a hold of us and we can sort of reserve a booth and also pick up those items at your convenience yeah that was the other thing for those who as you said if you if you don't want to actually uh, rent a table and and go through all of that rigmarole but you have some stuff that you would be willing to part with uh you uh, the scouts go by and, yeah. and collect that so yep and and we're also holding a drop-off event this saturday okay May 6th. um so the event is going to be at saint andrew's church okay may 13th from 10 to 1 um the drop-off day is the saturday before Mm-hmm. So we figured if you have things like old, te- you know, tents, whether they might be new or, or old, because yeah. maybe you never used it, but or cots and sleeping bags, things like that, um, we're going to have adult leaders in the St. Andrews parking lot. You can drop those off. We'll we'll mark it. We'll assign a number to it, and then we'll include it in the um, in the sale portion of the event yeah and uh, by the way on the consignment uh stuff um it's a it's a split it's a 50 50 split. Split. i mean if you're there with your table and you sell all your stuff i mean you get yeah. to keep the present the yep. scouts aren't going to keep that uh the fundraiser part is the rental of the table yep. uh and if they're consigning it you just do a simple 50 50 split then 50 50 split and i uh, you know if you have things in your garage or attic that you're not using i mean i <laughs> we have quite a few things yeah um, and we talked to people and go, oh, yeah, I got this tent and I did, we thought we were going to go camping. So we thought this is a great way to bring yeah. together members of the community, you know, because it's hard to sell one tent. You know, you may not right. get a lot, you may not sell it. So. Exactly. Um, and I, again, I, I just think it's uh, wonderful, again, to uh, include everybody, not just the scouts, because this is a universal thing. I mean, lots of folks uh, will get out into the great outdoors yep. uh, different different ways. Um, again, the uh, Scout Swap itself is coming up on May 13th, yep. right? May 13th so. from 10 to 1, um, St. Andrews. And that's uh, in the gym there at, at yep. St. Andrews, yep. right? Yep. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, we've got a link up for more information on our webpage if you uh, want to learn more about uh, the drop-off and, and how to uh, arrange for pickup, uh, renting a table, and all of that. Is there, for the table rental and, and you know the pickup and all of that, is there a deadline that you need to have all of that stuff yeah. done by? Well, so for the table rental, I, I would say the Wednesday beforehand, just okay. so to give us time to put out enough tables. So right. that would be, right. I think, the 10th. Got to get the organizational yeah. thing. Uh, I mean, we, you know, um, and then for the pickup of any consignment items, we're really hoping to have things um, delivered or picked up by, by Saturday the 6th. Mm-hmm. That'll give the troop and the scouts enough time to maybe clean them up, organize them. Certainly, if, if you find out about this after the event, you tell someone, um, I do have the phone number here if, you know, sure, absolutely. Yep. Uh, so you can reach the a member of the troop at 567-208-0548. And that way you can talk to one of the adult leaders. Yeah. We can sort of make sure what you're trying to sell is appropriate, too. We want to keep it within the camping, hiking, mm-hmm. you know, family of items. Yeah. So uh, if you have any questions about that, certainly 
reach out to the troop and we can help. Very good. And um, again, like most things in scouting uh, and other uh, groups, but uh, particularly for scouting, um, it's it's not just the fundraising part of this or the the swap for the for the scouts helping to plan all of this, getting it organized, get all of the stuff uh, you know ready to be sold. And there's a lot of lessons uh, in there too. Yeah, so. certainly. You know, yeah. you know, one aspect of the event is to give scouts you know that type of experience. We're hoping that sure. they you know negotiate. You know, yeah. we really, I mean, the adults will certainly be there, mm-hmm. but um, we're trying to have the scouts you know really help be interactive with the community help putting that the whole organize thing. it yeah. and really you know for the consignment portion we're kind of hoping that they maybe learn a little bit of business skills as well sure absolutely as we said we've got the link up on our webpage as well if you go to goodmornings.net you can learn everything you need to know about the scout swap again may 13th at st andrews and everybody is is welcome so if you're hearing us and you think hey camping and hiking and uh, there may be something uh, great for you and your family uh, there as well so check that out again uh, justin gray with us this morning thanks very much for uh, dropping by we appreciate it. and that will finish up our podcast for today I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning remember you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the program at our webpage, and that of course is goodmornings.net so until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.